Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to rock? Batista with the catch! And Andy Pettit is a starting pitcher! I don't think he's pleased. Raymond Green looked like Duncan from Shrek. Right now we're preparing for Cincinnati. We're going to drink a lot of beer tonight. Hey, I'm just here so I won't get by. I know words. I had the best words. Am I being pumped or something? Or... It's time for... Fanatic Radio. From Studio 111 via Radio Saigon, it's time we'll catch you guys across the country on Black Radio on NBC360.com. This is Fanatic Radio. We are the Millennial Show. We are Mike Garner, Jones, like Michael Jordan and the great players that came before him, um, playing tonight's episode, not with the flu, because I'm not insane, but I am feeling a little under the weather, but luckily through the power of radio, my voice does not sound <laughs> that much like garbage. So I apologize in advance. I apologize in advance if um, it does not sound great. But then again, it sounds like I've been smoking about ten packs a day for the last twenty years. So this is what all the great announcers and radio people do, and that's what makes them famous. So that's what's going to make us famous. And that is actually a great way to start because other than the Final Four and baseball, what else has happened? I, I think the I think the big thing is it's, it's it's for the first time in a long time we've had back-to-back week shows, so I don't know what to do. What's any 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 big news that's happened in your life, Flo, since we last were on air? Because you were in Vegas, and we survived that. The IRS is not on our ass for the first time. We are not in Minneapolis. Actually, is a rant I want to start off with. Because I don't like it now how these cities are getting oh, these kind sorry. of free... These cities really are getting, like, mute. free passes. I know, brilliant. Yes. I don't like it how these, these cities are getting, like, free passes. Where it's... it's I feel like, te- like, like the, the selection committees of certain games are getting so lazy. Like, just because a new shiny stadium is in the mix, they, they, immediately, they immediately get the event. Atlanta, the, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, has, like, four major events within four years. I think that's a little, I think that's a little too much. Minneapolis is the same. Ain't nothing better than the Hewitt H. Humphrey Dome. The Metrodome. Um, but, yeah, they just <laughs> have the Super Bowl. And I'm pretty sure yep. the college football playoff will go there. Even though the college football playoff pretends like it's a major event, which it's not. But um, yeah. yeah, the final four is this weekend. Are you uh, are you on are you on the Duke train where that is actually the elephant in the room. There's no Zion in the final four. And he's and he's done uh, with his college career. Does that make you upset? Are you are you satisfied? Are you, have you come to grips with the four teams in uh, in this weekend's final four? Well what's great about this final four is that you mentioned Duke, and it really was that everybody really thought, yeah, maybe Michigan State could take him out. Maybe Virginia Tech uh, could have given him a tough game because they've already beaten him this year. But I don't think anybody seriously really considered what it was going to be like without Duke and without Zion in the Final Four, and now we have to embrace that because we really got nothing else. And then you look at this Final Four. I mean, these are the Final Fours we – I think we say we kind of enjoy where you just get this guy kind of like mosh of teams. And 
when you look at it, you know, my pick to win it all was not Duke, was Gonzaga, and they went belly up as well. Um, but you got Michigan State, strong team, a team I never thought that was that great. I thought, you know, because Tom Izzo, the last two tournaments, not coached well really at all. And here he is back in the Final Four. You look at this Texas Tech team, uh, your boy Chris Beard. I mean, Texas mm. Tech, not that long ago, Billy Gillespie, which is a total disaster as the head coach. Yeah. And here Chris Beard is. And only in, like, you know, in a, a couple years has got them in That's the like Final Four. That's like a third, third year. You got Auburn, you know, the great Bruce Pearl, where a lot of people talked about last year's team. Uh, this year's team, even until they won the SEC tournament, almost kind of were going under the radar. And was not a team that, you know, a lot of people thought picked them to lose the 5-12 matchup, and they nearly did. Mm. And then here they are with uh, your boy Bruce Pearl. And then yes. you got what's amazing is that the 1-1 seed is the 1-1 seed that everybody really doubted and nobody had a lot of right. confidence in for obvious reasons in Virginia. So it's, it's a fascinating Final Four. You know CBS is really pissed off that Duke and Zion and Barrett and Coach K are not in the Final Four. And what I think would be really hilarious to see is what happens when we get, or excuse me, if we get a Texas Tech-Auburn Final Four. I was doing, uh, looking it up yesterday. We haven't had a, a Final Four without any true blue bloods. What do you consider the marquee programs, or programs that were historically strong or had won recent championships? Really, the, the last Final Four that you didn't really have basically any of that, you had to go back to, like, 1954 when CCNY defeated Bradley in the, in the championship. Really? That's the kind of thing you'd have oh, against Auburn, not a basketball power at all, most famous for Barkley. And then you got Texas Tech, where, you know, Texas Tech's, you know, an outpost in the middle of freaking Lubbock. But it's a, it's a very interesting Final Four, and you usually get these interesting Final Fours when teams get upset, top teams get either knocked off early, or they just don't make it to the promised land. So here we are. Yeah, Auburn's my biggest shock. I'm excited, I remember I'm kicking myself because I remember telling my dad on the Christmas break. I have to say that because. What, what, as I mentioned before, he's done a great job of taking sort of uh, that mid major mentality of like defense first and like play shots. And now he's combined that with great athletes and talent. Notably, those, he is, being in his third year, he's just outfitted of the Tubby Smith recruits. Tubby Smith was at Texas A&M. All right. Excuse me, Texas Tech before he went to Memphis, and then that just blew up in his face. But um, I'm sorry. And so he went to the – what's up? I can barely make out what you're saying right now. You're kind of coming in really good. I know. Ugh. Right. Here yeah, we, we go. We do, we, 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 we do our best. Yeah, so Chris Beard, he, uh, he's, he's ha- he has this great sort of mid-major mentality where, mm. it's like, where it's like defense first 
and like grind out for every possession. But then you combine that with, with great athletes, which notably is from the Tubby Smith era at, at Texas Tech, before Tubby Smith bailed and went to Memphis. And, of course, that just blew up in his face. But, so, and of course, last year they made the Elite Eight. Surprisingly, they upset, they beat someone. Oh, that's right. They, they, uh, they lost, lost to Villanova, who eventually were national champions. However, mm-hmm. they, they, also lost, they also lost Keenan Evans. And so I'm thinking he is there. He was their leading scorer. And they lost, they lost Keenan Evans and Zaire Smith. Both were drafted by – uh, Zaire Smith was drafted by the 76ers. And one and uh, and Keenan Evans just went undrafted. He's in the whatever it's called, the G League. So I'm thinking, okay, you lose your two best players. It's it's gonna be, you know, it'll be a struggle to get back to the elite. So at least get back to the Sweet Sixteen, let alone the Elite Eight. They mm. only did that and then some. I would not be surprised if they ran the table and and and. I mean, I'm not. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about who we have favorite to win, but. That old adage of defense wins championships. And you look at their losses this year. One was to Duke in the garden. Uh, and they almost won yep. that game, too. They were leading until, and, blew, and blew a second-half lead. One was to Kansas, who was pretty mediocre. One was at K-State, who, was, who eventually Texas Tech split in the Big 12 regular season. And then, other, and then there's other two other big, big 12 losses. But they got bounced early from the tournament against West Virginia. So I'm thinking, okay, they they go into the tournament on on a sort of a downhill slide, but they they looked great. They they held it's amazing. They held Michigan in that Sweet 16 game. Michigan scored 16 points at halftime. Doesn't happen <laughs> in in the in the modern game. Shot clock, three point arc, TV timeouts. And Michigan, I that Michigan was the team that I had out of that region to go to the Final Four. Because Beeline always cooks it up in March. And Texas smothered them. Um, Michigan State, I, I blame the, the selection committee because how dare they take the Big Ten champion and put him in the same bracket as the ACC champion, uh, which shows that CBS Turner shot themselves in the foot. <laughs> so they're, they're, their own, they're their own worst enemy on that one. Yeah, UVA, you hit the nail on the head. This team lost to a 16 seed. And what a great yeah. story. You get bounced in one, in one of the most historic moments in sports in history to then just completely brush that aside and potentially win the national yep. championship. Uh, and then you have Auburn, which, again, as we mentioned, those crazy athletic teams, that's all Auburn is. They, they just they jack up a ton of threes. They play, they play just smothering defense. We saw that against UNC. And then they got lucky and played Kentucky again. So they put, that's the third time they played them. Um, but yeah, I was kind of. I mean, Texas Tech aside, I'm kind of mad Gonzaga didn't make it because that would have been a good team to be in the Final Four. North Carolina, I I think I think myself personally fell in love with them after the Duke games because then when you think about it, North Carolina didn't really look that impressive in any other game other than those primetime games against Duke. They, you know, they're, they're, they're shaking through the ACC tournament. They got shut down by UVA. So it's just, it's just uh, beyond, beyond all belief. But I think we have to look in retrospect, because this time next week we, uh, we'll have a crown another national champion. And you mentioned the two football schools. 
What would it mean for college basketball if a team, say, like Auburn or Texas Tech, won? Was officially crowned the best team in basketball? I mean, it, it would be huge for those schools, and it shows that whether, you know, because I think there's legitimate questions about whether, again, a school out in Lubbock that is the most isolated, or at least college football program, and Division One FBS because of its location, and then a school like Auburn, which really has no history in basketball, pure football school, pure SEC, I think it, it would be great certainly for either program. I think if Auburn were to win, I think that would be a huge lift for the SEC because the SEC, particularly in recent years, has been derided, and not entirely unfairly, as a basketball conference when it's Kentucky and it's Florida sometimes and, you know, other programs are hit and miss. Uh, And that's really uh, Tennessee, of course. Sometimes they're on, sometimes they're off. And I think that would show that, hey, you know, some of these, you know, lesser-owned powers uh, can really get it. And, you know, I think you, everybody knows Chris Beard is an excellent coach. Everybody knows Pearl is an excellent coach. But I think it would, like, if, if Auburn were to win, that would be huge for Bruce Pearl because considering the way he got uh, – he departed Tennessee and the cloud that hung over him, Auburn took a chance. Everybody knew that that was a big hire for Auburn because, you know, Pearl was a big-time coach. Auburn, not a big-time program. So, I mean, both wins obviously would be huge for either program. But I'm almost inclined to say it may be bigger for Auburn because it may be able to say, hey, we're a legitimate program. We may have some staying power. I think, again, it's just harder to be consistently excellent in Texas Tech. But, hey, if you keep Chris Beard around, I guess anything's possible. Yeah, because at least if Tech wins, it's the Big 12. It's like process of elimination of good, bad conferences. Auburn wins. Bruce Pearl, let's not forget, he was out of the college coaching game, I think, for like three years, which is amazing how he was able to get a job. I mean, look at Kelvin Sampson. He was in the mix, and he was exiled to the NBA before he got back into the college coaching game. I think if Auburn so – I, I'm okay. I said no. I'm not okay at Texas Tech. If Texas Tech wins, it's kind of like when Utah. It's kind of like when Texas Western won. So one of those flash in the pan schools that uh that make it have a lucky have a lucky year because they they at least they, they, they at least have won on the side of right in terms of of good defense and at least some talent. But if Auburn wins, I don't I don't know what would happen. I, I think. Something, something would have to happen because you're also, I mean, you're ultimately saying that that this is the best, the best we have to offer in college basketball, and a team with potentially no NBA draft picks, uh, an absolute bad coach cheated, we cheated the system at a school where has one of the lowest attendances in basketball, you know, in, in all the Power Five schools. I don't know. It'd just be a slap in the face. That being said. Are we getting ahead of ourselves, or does it look like chalk? Is UVA destined to win? Uh, I think it's it's easy. Uh, I think, uh, you know, you look at them, I think they're definitely the favorite. I think the fact that they've gotten here thus far really showed that there really wasn't any kind of, like, lasting ex- uh, existential uh, kind of 
issues from the just outrageous loss that they suffered a year ago. Uh, I think it's absolutely too early to say because we've seen many years in the past. I remember when he had that 7-8 Connecticut-Kentucky team, uh, uh, Kentucky game. I think they they beat like a one and a two to get to the final. And, yeah, that Kentucky, you know, know, Connecticut had a star in Shabazz Napier. They're also coached by Kevin Ollie, who got shit-canned like two years later. And, you know what, Kentucky had a lot of talent on that team. And really the Kentucky teams that seem to be the most dangerous are the teams that kind of fly under the radar. They're kind of disappointing. And then you see them coming alive in the NCAA tournament and just just completely explode. So, in a good way. So, uh, you know, you can't take anything for granted, frankly, uh, in this tournament, and really any tournament. So, while if you put a gun in my head, would I say Virginia's a favorite? Absolutely. Uh, Does that mean they're a lock? Absolutely not. Yeah, because you have Michigan State coming up that emotional win. So those games are Saturday sure. and the finals are Monday. And we'll talk about whoever wins next week on uh, where we go from there. But the big thing big thing now is um, it's tied to Clank from the draft and whatnot. Will we, do you, how long do you think we will go in our lifetime before we see another Zion Williamson? You know, Zion Williamson is just such an athletic freak, an athletic monster. I can't remember the last time. We had a guy really like him in any way, shape, or form in college basketball. I think we got a we got a long way to go to see a guy like that, just just a pure athletic freak that he is. I mean, how many you know, you know, the other day he's in the foul line. The guy took a three, he blocks the shot. You know, he's had several iconic moments like that already in his career, and it's just crazy to watch. So, and it is a shame. Yeah, they lost a tough game, but it is a shame that it felt it. You know, they ultimately are going to sh- come up short uh, of winning a title when they were the most talented team and thus the favorite. But we got—I think we got a long way until we see anybody quite like him, let alone on the level. I mean, because they compared him to LeBron James and such. And LeBron was drafted in '03 at 16, so we'll be we'll be well we'll be. Our forties when we get the next sort of God gifted ability player. I think in terms of recent, probably the recent memories of good college basketball players like that much talent. They weren't. It wasn't with like a Duke or Kentucky. You know, cause the last guy I can think of that really sort of was electrifying on offense and defense. Blake Griffin when he was at Oklahoma, and of course Oklahoma is, is Oklahoma. It's not easy to play with Duke. Mm-hmm. Just by virtue of his dad, Lonzo Ball was in that was in the category of sort of the attention seeking when he was a freshman. Actually, when that Pac-12 was, was solid, um, but then you look at other good players. Stephen Curry didn't really break onto the scene for the NCAA tournament, and he was in the day. He wasn't even in the Atlantic Ten like they are now. But it makes me sad because that's two good Duke teams back to back. That failed to get to the Final Four. You had the uh, mm-hmm. the Marvin, you had the Marvin Bagley, Gary Trent. Uh, you had that team that lost to Kansas in overtime, and then you got this team of R.J. Barrett and Zion that loses to Michigan State. Um, 
But we're, well, I'm, I am, isn't it sad? Because I'm not fired up when he plays in the NBA. Because I really don't care what team he goes to. Because as I mentioned, he'll go to just a crappy franchise and nothing will be of it. Um, and that's that. What do you make? What do you make of this? What do you make of this John Morant guy, the kid from uh, Murray State? Oh, I mean, Morant is spectacular. I mean, just saw he got his breaking out moment. He had, a, you know, you don't see triple doubles really much in college basketball, let alone in the NCAA tournament. The fact that you saw it in the first game, you know, it's just a spectacular performance for the Racers, Murray State was uh, really spectacular. It was a shame that he and his team just got absolutely railed in the, in the, uh, the round of 32, naturally when I had more money on them. But we don't need to go further into that. We well discussed my uh, Vegas uh, flow foibles on the gambling. But, hey, you know, right now I think he's got to be the number two overall pick, definitely a top three pick. He's an elite guard, elite player in his own right. And if you can't get Zion, you're – Definitely hoping to get Morant. Yeah, I'm curious to see who else um, declares the draft and where other people go. Uh, before we wrap up this half of the show, what's been your, what's been your favorite moment of the tournament? Well, I mean, I think it's – I mean, there's so many wild moments. I think Duke's many survivals was pretty wild, especially that UCF game. That was nuts and out of control. But I – I think it's got to be that that ridiculous play that Virginia pulled off to beat Purdue when you know yeah. they, you know they missed the free throw. Player claims he missed it, did not miss it intentionally, but he missed the free throw. He gets hit back, and some of they got the shot to tie the game. But that's absolutely out of control. I mean, I think that was one of the best finishes we've ever had in an NCAA tournament game, certainly in recent years. Yeah, the, uh, what was his name? Deontay or Keontae, whatever his name was. Mm-hmm. I remember, so I'll tell you where I was um, when we come when we come back. Because there's, there's a little sort of method to the madness of uh, of why I, I caught the end of some wild game. Others. And you'll hear more of that uh, on the flip side. You're listening to, you listen to FNAC Radio, BlockTheRadio.com. Radio. I'm a football coach. I'm not a doctor. It's the reason you wake up on game day and put on your team's colors. Fanatic Radio on Blog Talk Radio. Introducing Turbo 13 from Nutrisystem. Lose up to 13 pounds your first month, guaranteed. Lose up to 13 pounds fast with Turbo 13 from Nutrisystem. Your 13 can turn into 20, 30, 50, even more. I'm Marie, and I lost 50 pounds on Nutrisystem. You'll see results right away. Count, measure, meetings, uh, not with Nutrisystem. Order your 28-day plan right now, and we'll rush you Turbo 13 with specially designed meals. Plus, one week of all-new NutriCurb bars to curb cravings free. One week of Turbo Shakes to help shrink your belly free. And one week of all-new Turbo Boosters to rev your metabolism free. Bye-bye, stubborn belly fat. Call or go online in the next two minutes, and we'll even throw in FedEx shipping free. Lose up to 13 pounds and 7 inches overall in your first month. Millions have lost weight on Nutrisystem, and you can too. Your first 13 pounds, gone. Go online or call 877-693-THIN right now and get Turbo 13 with bars, shakes, and turbo boosters free. It's Fnatic Radio. What's wrong with that? He fought for his country. It's the reason you wake up on game day 
and put on your team's colors. Fanatic Radio on Blog Talk Radio. Back here on Fanatic Radio, we are the Millennial Show. I'm Matt Garner, Charlie Owens, Notorious Jeff Morris. Your boy's playing sick through the pain, but he is uh, he's making it through. I hope. Uh, we talked about <laughs> Final Four in Minneapolis, which is, oh, again, it's just going to be a disaster as well. It's in a football stadium. They can't get it right. <laughs> I, 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 I digress. Um, yeah, so anyway. All right, we got, we got, we got to keep, got to keep grabbing the liquid. Because I've reached, I've reached the magic hour. So basically, I've been, I've been fighting sickness for a couple, the past couple of days. Uh, and long story short, so this time last week, I was on the show mentioning how I was in a beautiful Martinsville, Virginia, working the uh, the NASCAR race last weekend. And so I get <laughs> home. It takes me, you know, a solid week to recover from that. Have mercy on my soul. So then I have to turn around, and on Saturday, hello, with a couple of coworkers, I'd say about four four coworkers and myself, basically. Uh, shout, shout out, shout out, to, shout out to my boy Jose, group sales group sales manager. He is uh, he leads the charge in sort of our our, our diversity inclusion branch of our of our company. The guy basically trying to tap into the Hispanic market in Buffalo, Rochester, and Syracuse, and, and maybe up in uh, – maybe down in the city. Who knows? But anyway, Buffalo, I didn't realize, second largest, second largest Puerto Rican uh, population in, uh, in, in New York State, obviously behind, obviously behind the, uh, wow. the great city itself, city of Never How about that? So they are having this sort of like youth center to celebrate its 50th anniversary – and it's funny because he bought a table only only to meet up with a woman he's trying to broker a deal with to be a sponsor of the track. So, like, really no business being there. But, you know, hey, I'll, I'll get, I'll get, I'll get, a, you know, I'll pitch in on a $30 Airbnb and, and go to, and go to a place with, a, with, a, with, with an open bar. I mean, your boy's all over that. Basically went, had a great time, learned about the history of, you know, of of merengue, salsa dancing, the history of, of Latin music. Um as mentioned, open open bar. And so the problem with that was I was like, you know, I don't want I didn't want to be a complete but the sad thing about it was early thumbs down for me because the planning of of my livelihood and the tournament did not mesh well. I missed I missed nearly the majority of First and second round games because I was in Martinsville, so I ultimately had to go back and rewatch great classics like Duke UCF, or yeah, I, I mean that's pretty much it. Or no, like New Mexico State, LS or New Mexico State Auburn, Yale LSU, Belmont Maryland. So I miss I had a, I missed all those games, and then regionals, which I've always said. Shout, shout out to my dad, the great Steve Gardner. He says it's the best weekend in college basketball because once you're in the Final Four, you're forever immortalized. Regardless if you win or not, the Final Four banner is always better than regional finals or regional semifinals. So naturally we got, what was it, four great games, and rightfully so we did. But 
it was it was there's only only one TV in this place. It's behind the bar, so I'm like rushing in and out, trying to catch, trying to see what's the score and whatnot. And I actually ran in. I'll go to the bathroom actually, and I after I was done, after I got out of the bathroom, came back out, or I was ordering another drink. I watched that very last play of regulation of UVA and Purdue, which I didn't realize. Shout out to Carson Edwards, by the way. First player since, I think it was what? I think the first player since Stephen Curry had like two 40-point games in the tournament or something like that. And so I didn't realize uh, Purdue was winning. And then the guy bats it out. Deontay throws up the shot and it goes in. And I am mad because I didn't watch overtime. And I have to go rewatch that. Long story short, um, got, very, got, got very drunk, and I blame one of my other coworkers for getting me sick. Because <laughs> Buffalo is a city. Buffalo is a city that sucks, and it was. It started snowing, and it was like and we, oh, the problem God. was we. Yeah, the, the thing with that seven, we're thinking, okay, this thing's gonna be done at ten, tenish, you know. We'll go back to the Airbnb, have you know, have have pre you know, pregame going out. We did not leave the venue until midnight. So we Uber back. <laughs> we killed the Airbnb for like an hour. We ended up not oh, going gosh. out in Buffalo, probably till about one thirty, two o'clock. We're staying. We stay out until yeah, until the bars close in Buffalo at four a.m. I didn't go to bed till five in the morning. And, and then it gets better because Jose, as I, as I mentioned before, um, loved the kid to death, but one of the world's biggest lightweights I have ever met. Because he doesn't drink that much. Yeah, and, but he doesn't of, taste he, And you know me, so that's, that's, not a, that's a high bar. Well, that's the thing, though. It's like you at least, when you drink, you, you kind of you know your limits. Maybe, maybe – Push the envelope a little extra. He he doesn't know he doesn't know control. That's his that's his problem. And he gets he's like the nicest guy you'd ever meet, you know. Um, but he's a total asshole when he's drunk. And he's just, he's just like he's just like you know jiving, saying random things, calling me like taking oh, shots at people. Complete to quote to quote you, complete jabroni. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so the next day is the best because we drove. So, a coworker and his girlfriend drove separately. This, this, uh, one of our newest employees. Shout out to Mackenzie, twenty, twenty-two years old, fresh out of college. Our goal was to get her as drunk as possible. She, she not only was the not drunk at all. She not only was not the drunkest. She ended up waking up the next morning and leaving at like nine a.m. She, was, she said the next day she said she was running on three hours of sleep and on like pure adrenaline. I was just like, God damn it, you are a champ. And so, <laughs> so all, all that all that was all that was left was Jose, myself, and and the one and only Natalie Costello, who by the way is the one that's sick. And and she will she will she will circle back around in the story in a little bit. But it's we drove a pace we drove a pace car. We're going to our company cars just so we can expense it and everything. Um, we uh, we go we go to we go to a brunch place, which is <laughs> great. Cause I thought Washington D.C. 
was the only place in the country. <laughs> Maybe Los Angeles. Ooh. That has, like, bottomless mimosas. I don't know the name of this place, but I, I could find it if you told me. There is a place <laughs> in Buffalo that has bottomless yeah. mimosas. So you bet your sweet ass your boy copped that as immediately as he saw it on the menu. So I ordered that. Both of them ordered Bloody Marys. And then we get to the, the food part. So I'm looking at the menu and I'm thinking, okay, I haven't had legitimately anything to eat. And usually the next day after, after like, massive drinking, you have to sort of walk on eggshells and you eat something. Because you don't, you don't want to eat too little. Otherwise, you still might feel drunk the night before or you're going to have a stomach ache. But you also don't want to eat too much because you're just going to probably end up throwing it back up later. So luckily, luckily, both of us, both Natalie and I ordered Eggs Benedict, which was fine. You know, not the biggest thing on the menu. Jose, on the other hand, he ordered some, some breakfast that's like two eggs, two sausage, two pieces of toast, like a Denny's Grand Slam minus the pancakes. And as soon as, soon as the food gets there, he, he takes like two bites and immediately goes to the bathroom. And this is one of one of three bathroom <laughs> trips he takes from restaurant to home where he where he, where he basically threw up. So homeboy can't hang. Now <laughs> he had to drive home because because of the bomb of samosas, I was too drunk to drive. And rightfully so, because I was DJ and I was a complete champion on the car ride home. <laughs> Uh, just cracking, just cracking jokes. Got the mimosas bubbling inside of me. Jose is now in the seat behind us. Oh God! Motherfucker, he could, he was dead. Yeah, complete. Oh. I have, I have pics. I will share it to the Fnac Radio. Uh, I will share it to the Fnac Radio site. Maybe I don't know. If, I don't know if there's any like confidentiality oh, of, of my peers. But yeah, it was. Um, that was my week. Actually, I didn't even mention the day before, on Friday, I did a round-trip excursion to Albany to the, uh, yeah. the Cuomo because Great we town. had to go pick we had to go pick up our uh, our show car from the iHeart NY display in the Capitol building. So that was a six-hour, seven-hour round trip. Then on top of that, going to Buffalo, staying up till five a.m to then get back in a car full of mimosas. I basically, I was fine on the car. And that's, that's a grind. That's like a two-and-a-half-hour drive all on the mm-hmm. freeway. It's so tedious. We get, I finally get back. I get to, I get to my house. I, that is where I'm kicking myself again. I fell asleep watching the, the Auburn-Kentucky game. Had no idea when to overtime. <laughs> you know. God smite me now. I've mustered enough courage to watch at least the – I watched the entire – I mean, I probably about three-fourths of the Duke game because that was the last game. That was the Nance game. But, yeah, that was that was my weekend. Um, and so, yeah, I blame everyone I've been affiliated with the last week for not letting me get my, my much-needed beauty rest. Um, oh, yeah, and for getting me goddamn sick. So and I and why I sound like this, which is fantastic because our first event is this Saturday, and I had to go on camera yesterday on one of our local affiliates, sounding like I had smoked three packs a day. <laughs> so yeah, 
Shout out to, that is shout amazing. Out to Sam. I love you all, but I hate you all at the same time. Uh, and of course, and then I say that, so I'm I'm trying to stick. I'm bouncing I'm bouncing off the Dayquil, Nyquil, and Mucinex, getting myself back on the getting myself off the IR. Um, and then tomorrow, the great the great Tony Lewis Black, he is leaving our company on Friday, the last day. Tomorrow is your going away. Tomorrow is our going away happy hour. So of course, I gotta represent. And then, and then Friday is this. So there's this bar in Washington's Glen called the Seneca Lodge, which is like this old – it used to be the place where the Formula One guys used to stay back in the 70s, 60s and 70s. And so around it, because I live in like a, a resort town, and I say that term loosely, a lot of the bars and restaurants have seasonal hours. So the lodge, it opens up for the season on Friday, and it's with an event called the Mustache Party. And that's when all the townies come through, absolute shit show, like dollar beers. So now, so now fight, fighting the sickness, this has, been, this, has been my last, this has been my last sort of three weeks. Yeah, this has been my last month. My mother came to visit, as, as fans of the show remember. She visited the yes. whole week. St. Patrick's Day. I had to drive to Rochester to drop her off, drive, to, drive from Rochester back. Next week passes by. I left for Martinsville on a Wednesday, Wednesday through Monday in Martinsville, fly back, go to Albany on Friday, go to Buffalo on Saturday, drive home from Buffalo, get sick <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, got to get healthy for tomorrow, uh, an evening, evening of the game of 40 drinks, and then another drunk fest on Friday, to then I got to be back up at the track. Probably around nine o'clock because our first event it starts at ten. Oh God! So any any uh, any any words of wisdom before? Because uh, my cause my thing is, so this is this is where, this is where my girl Natalie comes back into play. Um, unofficially, this is this is from Fanatic Radio Nation only. She is potentially the new Missy. Mm. So I blame my I blame myself. Because having swapped spit with her several times, I think that's probably why I got sick. Um, but she was sick. But she, she was so sick to a degree where she went to an urgent care. Now, my gardener has a very strong immune system. And I don't usually get sick that much. Knock on wood, this is only the second time I've really been feeling bad since I moved up here. Uh, the first time was I thought I had strep for a hot second. Um, after Labor Day, oh no, like during Labor Day, which is really weird because, but it's, it's every time I usually feel like this, it's normally when it's a complete spike in the weather. Friends of the show know in New York, it, it's yes, it's like we go from like sixty degree days to like twenty. So I was not ready for it, but yeah, she went to like urgent care and she's like on antibiotics now. She is telling me, you got to go to the urgent care and get antibiotics. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Because what I'm planning on doing is I'm going to wait. I'm going to play, you know, it's like, um, who's a good example? Who is a player? It's like, it's like LeBron with his groin injury. Um, it's like, it's like Tua Tungvaluwa. You know, he's playing the game with like rods in his ankle and, like, every defensive lineman has, his, like, their eyes locked in on just crushing that to oblivion. That's like me. 
Now, doctors would say, you probably should get very good surgery on that. And then to, and Saban's like, no, he's going out there. We're cashing in. We're going to win a national championship game. Now, as history tells us, not the best decision in the world because Alabama did not win Clemson. But that's like me. I'm going to wait. Now, I don't know what this is going to do to my body or where I'm going to be this time next week. But I'm not going to go to the urgent care. I'm going to keep taking the over-the-counter meds because doctors also show that Tylenol and Motrin and Advil have the same power as, like, Oxycontin. Don't ask me why and don't argue with the facts or it could be alleged rumors. I don't know. I just read it in a medical, I just read it in a medical journal somewhere. But that's what you mean. Also, I'm under the firm belief, I'm also under the firm belief that alcohol is one of the great medicinal remedies known to man. Think about mm-hmm. it. Absolutely. Other than fighting off the, other than the plague, people, I, of course, I don't know how long people lived for, but everyone seemed happy. Notice, like, in Bavaria, they drank beer. They drank Jaeger. They were hearty. They were healthy. It was cold up there. You know, Germany is, like, the same, it's the same temperature as New York as I learned from an anonymous source the other day, which was very cool to find that out. Um, so shout out, shout out to uh, Guten Tag and shout out to the German listeners. So, yeah, I'm under the firm belief that under a, a strong mix of over-the-counter meds and alcohol is going to propel me through this week. Maybe I'll be healthy by this time. Maybe I'll be worse. I don't know. As long as I wear a scarf, in layers, I should be okay. Now the downside with this is, um, it's one I don't think I don't think it's that bad. It doesn't hurt to swallow, so I don't. Have, my biggest concern was what she had was a sinus infection, and I don't know. I, I don't. I can't believe you can pass on a sinus infection, but whatever. <laughs> somehow it somehow she did, and so my biggest concern with with my medical history is with a sinus infection. It drains to my throat, and that's when your boy gets strep, which is the kryptonite in Mike Gardner's flawless armor. Strep, strep is probably the worst thing that I can get because I'm down, I'm down for the count for several days. Now, thankfully, I have yet my, – my throat is not scratchy. It just sounds bad because it's, it, it just sounds like this. Because I'm taking Mucinex, so everything – I'm, like, coughing everything back up. Um, that and I do a lot of talking for my job, hence like I'm doing this show where, sorry for our listeners who are casually listening to this without earphones, my voice is probably sounding worse and worse as the show is going on, but don't worry, I'm almost done with this rant, and we almost have time for, for some fan mail, so bear with me. Um, so yeah, luckily, so yeah, like my, like my head was throbbing Monday and Tuesday, um, Luckily, the meds have worked, so I don't think I don't think urgent care is necessary. I think it's just a strong diet of like vitamin C and going to bed early, and water, tons of fluids. Um, the big problem with that though is next week is if I'm looking at the calendar correctly, that is um, I have to get I have to get better that week, like above anything, the the 8th through the 12th. Why must you ask? Because that following weekend is the starting gate of the great thoroughbred race known as Michael Gardner's birthday week. Because my birthday (laughs) is on Tuesday the 16th. 
And where Miss Natalie comes into play is she wants she wants under the phrase, I want to do something with you for your birthday. So if I'm not healthy by then, then that is going to be a sad state of affairs if you catch my trip. So, yeah, that's my life in a nutshell. It's been such a clusterfuck for about a month. And, yeah, and then this month is just a mess because we got my birthday weekend and then Easter's around the corner. I don't know what I'm doing for that. I get paid on Friday, so shout out to the shout out to the bi-weekly. Um, anything new with you? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of the, the glimpse of, of of news that I saw, other than Trump trying to shut down the border. What else is going on in the nation's capital? Well, I mean, for me, I certainly have, don't have anywhere near the kind of activity that you clearly got going on. I'm a mess. So. Dude. I'm turning. To, the funny thing about it, before I cut, how I cut you off. But so I turned 27, which is amazing that I've made it that far. But the best was when we were driving back from Buffalo, she was like, yeah, because she, she thought I was 26. So I'm flat. No, she thought I was 25. Like I'm flattered because I still look like I'm 12, but with, with a little bit of scrub. <laughs> but when I mentioned I was 27, I think one of the – because I was DJ, one of the songs I chose was um, – I think it was All on the Watchtower by Jimi Hendrix. Great song <laughs> by one of the greatest artists of all time. And the funny thing about it was she had no idea that so many artists died at 27. So one of her, like, sort of off-the-cuff ideas, she was like, we should throw a party and just play music from those people who died at 27. And I'm thinking about that. I thought, that's a great theme for a party. Because you think it about is. it, you got Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Kurt Cobain, Amy Winehouse, Mac Miller. I'm sure there's up, uh, James Morrison. I'm thinking that's enough of a playlist and a back catalog right there to last like hours into the night. So if they pull, if they pull it off, Instagram stories for days for sure. But yeah, now I enter now I enter in the twilight zone of I could die tomorrow or April 17th because I'm not 27. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's been going on with you? Enough about me. Yeah, no, I mean, again, clearly not as much. Uh, you know, actually, unfortunately, I can't even go ham on my weekend, but, you know, because I, I work on the weekends, and, you know, I'm kind of in charge of things, which is unbelievable. You know, it's amazing that any organization, let alone a news network or whatever you want to call Fox News, would put me in charge of anything, but I'm kind of like in charge on the weekend. So I don't get the opportunity to just go completely ham, or at least when I do, I will just suffer immensely the consequences. But not a whole lot going on. We, you know, you mentioned there may be a potential Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Garter working on a potential Mrs. Flow. We'll see how that goes. But we're trying mm. to work work that, get a little uh, get a little kindling going. Hopefully, build a little fire, to use a uh, a funky metaphor. But beyond that, not a really whole lot going on. I just thought of uh, some uh, trying to pull some shenanigans. Uh, whether I can pull off said shenanigans, who knows? You know, the news industry. What we're doing with Trump? Trump will threaten something. You know, it's just you know a lot of the stuff is just like Trump will threaten something. Everyone will be like. Um, what? And then Trump will back off, or Trump will continue to threaten it, but then right when he lulls everybody to sleep, 
he'll actually make moves on it, or he'll just threaten something and then just do it, but then not actually do it. So if that makes any sense, I'm just rambling at this point. Uh, it's just completely out of control. And I don't know how, let alone myself, so many of my colleagues, particularly the ones that the, the unfortunate souls that actually have to cover the White House, have to do this right. action. I have no idea. But beyond that, and that's nowhere near as fun as uh, as your activity, let's be honest. Could he could he actually shut down the Mexican border? Like, or is that something that's so out of left field, it's like, well, I won't believe it until I see it. Well, it has happened before. Uh, President Bush uh, shut it down after 9-11. Uh, President uh, J- uh, uh, Lyndon Johnson, after the Kennedy assassination, shut down the border there. But that's a, you know, a lot of these other distinctions, it's important to note that certainly in the case of when President Johnson closed the border down, the Mexicans also shut it down, and everybody was on board. This is, and that was like after a significant national security threat. This is a case of President Trump not seeing the progress that he wants. So he's just going to throw out this charge where I'm going to shut the border down. And it, it doesn't, it's not really going to solve anything. Like a lot of things that Trump is, is a potential uh, uh, solutions to things. He goes through these like once it's like grandiose major decisions. And it's like, that's really not going to solve the problems, but it's going to cause a hell of a lot more of them because there's a significant amount of trade that goes on across the southern border, and that will get instantly disrupted if the president sets the border down. So he can do it. He does have the authority to do it. It's a pretty silly idea, but that hasn't stopped him before. I love the fact that if the border is shut down, we are we are uh, we go out with avocados in two weeks, which is amazing to think about. <laughs> I love how that's news, by the way. We're so backwards in this country. All we, we care about is our goddamn avocados. Bruno and I just passed a law where they could stone people to death for disobeying yeah. the anti-LGBT laws. Like, where are our values in this country now? Sure. I mean, it's, you're right. absolutely right. It's that, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. Crazy world. And, of course, we have time for a few questions. Yeah. Uh, shout, out to the, shout out to those who uh, submitted it. Apologies for the rant, but, you know, we haven't had a good rant in a while. All right. Um, because we do love football. The, the draft, actually, oh my God, the draft is actually uh, is, is a short ways away. But thinking of football... What do you make of the uh, what, is it, what the hell is the league called? The American, the Alliance of American Football. We rarely touch the ballot, oh, and now yeah. it's it's not happening anymore. Like, why? I, you know, is it is make knowing that it doesn't work? It's very hard to go up against the NFL. Um, what's the point of trying? I guess. Well, it's just it's, there's ultimately there's not an audience for spring football. Really, you know, the USFL had some success. It never was going to last. We could blame Trump for a league ending sooner than perhaps it would have by trying to force a merger by going into head-to-head competition. But ultimately, that league was probably never going to survive. There were some teams that were making it, you know, that were doing well, that were profitable. There were other teams that were completely losing money and were awful. 
couldn't sell tickets. So that league was ultimately doomed eventually. This league, you know, it's it's funny because they really kind of start off with a bang. They won. They had a really strong opening rated night uh, on CBS on the network. Beat an NBA. Beat a legitimate NBA game. But then the quality of play never was particularly strong. The offensive line play was atrocious, and the wide receiver play was really bad. There were some, you know, the Orlando club was really good, coached by the great Steve Spurrier, and was a legitimate team. They're really fun to watch. But then they couldn't even like they weren't even able to practice. They weren't able to get approval, some kind of approval, so they weren't even able to practice in the state of Florida. So they had to practice somewhere in Georgia, which is classic. But, you know, it was only like a couple weeks in where they had to get some sort of cash infusion to keep the league going and to be moving forward. And then it just ultimately completely fell apart in such a way where it's just, you know, it's amazing. Networks are going to be, in, uh, you know, interested in NF, in the, or excuse me, football content, whether it's the Amer- Alliance of American Football, XFL next year. Uh, networks are into it. And the ratings weren't bad, don't get me wrong, for this. The problem was the quality of play, A, wasn't particularly good. And, B, yeah. ultimately, you know, it's it's hard to make money these types of leagues. But the fact that they could even finish the season is really yeah. comical and embarrassing. And, again, a league where they, were, they had legitimate TV and, you know, they had legitimate ratings. So it's not, it's just crazy. It is a, just a total collapse. But you know, that there was some guy. You know, Garrett Gilbert. You know, full Texas quarterback. Uh, looked very yep. strong, looked played very well. There's some other players that look great. Against Steve Spurrier, had a hell of a time. Uh, seemed like he had to coach a good team. But here we are, and they couldn't get it done. Yeah. No. Does that make you sad, or are you glad it failed? Uh, you know, I'm kind of sad because I think that. Leagues like this, whether they're a feeder or outright competition, I think they're a good a good thing because, you know, there's a lot of players that can't cut it in the NFL that I think deserve chances to p- continue to play, make a living. You know, only X amount of guys can play in the Arena Football League. So I think guys deserve a chance, and I think it's a good guy, always good to have guys employed. So I was kind of rooting for it. I was into it, at least initially. But it just wasn't to be. But you know, I you know I wasn't rooting against this league. I, wa- I wanted a league like this to succeed, and unfortunately, it does not. I didn't care one way or the other. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't watch a single down of that league. Nor do I care. Nah. XFL is gonna be laughable because just watching how it failed, God only knows what else is gonna happen. Um. What else is going on in the world? Bryce Harper returning to Nationals Park. Were you down? Were you among the uh, the millions booing as he made his triumphant return to uh, D.C.? Um, I was not. I uh, was not at the game. I would not have booed him because, hey, if anything, I love the troll Nats fans because they're freaking goofballs, as we all know. Um, so I don't have issues with Bryce Harper at all. And, again, I'm not a Nats fan. So I was not at the game. I watched the game, and the Phillies pounded them. Then they lost today. But, you know, it was cool to see Bryce Harper back in the mix. It's nice to see that the Nets 
fans actually had a little bit of passion. I mean, well, some of them were acting like goofballs. Again, yeah, that's to, to be expected. Right. But it was all those kind of cool. I mean, I don't think Washington's going to be a great team this year. They may be okay. They hang around 500 like they did last year. Philadelphia should be a strong team. A lot of young talent throughout the roster, now a legitimate star in Bryce Harper. But, you know, it was cool that the way the schedule broke down, that Harper literally, like, within the first week of the season was coming already uh, coming back to uh, to Nats Park. That was cool. Yeah, I love how you did the bat flip. It's great. I love this game. <laughs> I love, you know, in, in, my, in my days of sickness, um, I missed some pretty exciting sports events this past few days. And it's always great waking up the next morning to text from my dad, who was like, oh, did you watch, you know, Golden State play whoever, or did you watch, I don't know, who else was on? Yeah, and my dad texted me, he was like, oh, yeah, by the way, Bryce Harper got booed by the Nationals, he flipped his bat. I was just like, wait, I got I to gotta watch this now. I love it because we love, we love to hate on this show. So, by the very, by the very essence of the man who carried the red, white, and blue mm. MVP season, uh, rightfully so. Now he plays the Phillies in the same. I think if it wasn't in the same division, it wouldn't be that bad. But yeah, it's it's just a mess. Um, it can't. It won't be a show without covering your Yanks. <laughs> your boy, uh, your boy Giancarlo is already on, already on the IR. Is early cause for concern, or is, is it still very early in the season? It's still incredibly early from the see in the season. You know, you would love the team to be healthy. And they're clearly not. But first off, you'd rather have injuries at this point of the season than like in four months from now. A and B, you know, it, you know, you look at this terrible Baltimore team, and then they ultimately take two out of three from the Yankees. That was encouraging. But I think you know it's much too early to be worried about this stuff. Eventually, Stanton will come back. This is still a team with a lot of talent and always has the uh, ability the methods and the ways to improve and improve quickly. So any Yankee fan that is go losing their mind right now really needs to calm down. Yeah, exactly. And of course our final uh final our final one before we go thumbs up, thumbs down. Historical night for Russell Westbrook, twenty twenty and twenty, which is amazing. I didn't watch a single bit of it because I was in bed. But he dedicated it to Nipsey Hustle uh, and this is from me. Who the hell is Nipsey Hussle? And second, is is it sad because they're not the best team in the West? Is it sad that like certain memorable nights, like Devin Booker, had back to back fifty point games? Is it because the West is so stacked? Memorable moments like this are going unnoticed because James Harden's going off for sixty every game. Oh well, yeah, I mean you know nobody can deny how cool it is to see. Uh, a guy go for 20, 20, and 20. I mean, that's just insane. The reason why it doesn't happen particularly often because it's incredibly hard to do. So, you know what's amazing about Russell Westbrook? You know, he's going to have another season in all likelihood averaging a triple-double. And now we're so used to it. It's like, ah, it is what it is. And, you know, it's yeah. not like he's in the MVP race. And it's not even like the Thunder are playing that well. And yet here they are just playing, you know, uh, you got Westbrook just putting up spectacular numbers. 
yet again. And it is fun to watch, and he's very fun to watch. But, you know, you talk about that Western Conference, and you talk about how, you know, James Harden has been spectacular, and Giannis has been spectacular, and the Lakers have been spectacularly bad. So that's been fun in the yes. other way. So we just look at the, you know, it's such a deep conference, and there's so many elite players who are now to get. So everybody was, like, amazed that Westbrook averaged a triple-double two years ago, and he continues to do it, which is, uh, again, absolutely insane. And yet it's kind of like, you know, everybody's like, eh, well, you know, it is what it is. People are so spoiled. And the Thunder are in eighth place, by the way. They're fighting yeah. They're locked in. They're fighting with the Spurs to play the Warriors. Like, that's crazy. Who's Nipsey Hussle, by the way? I have no idea who that guy was. And I, and I, you know, I, I, yeah. I've never heard of him. Yeah, I don't really – I cannot say I knew much about him as well. And I was like – I mean, obviously that sucks. It was horrible. But it was like, who is this guy? Yeah, exactly. L.A., we wouldn't know. East Coast <laughs> East Coast is the Beast Coast. And then it's right. like, You cannot oh. be serious! But it's time for Thumbs Up, Thumbs Down. Yes, yeah, my vocal cords are shot. We will continue um, with our final critically acclaimed segment. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Um, I pretty much gave my spiel, but maybe I can think of some more as, as Flo goes first. Do, do, do you do the honor? Well, first off, thumbs down to whoever got Mike sick. You're a bastard, man, and you should be completely ashamed of, myself, of yourself. Uh, second thumbs down is going to go to the movie Us. Not because Us mm. was a bad movie. It was a great movie, and I encourage everybody to go see it. But I tell you, after I got, you know, I don't, you know, scary movies, horror films, usually don't do a lot for me because a lot of them are kind of by the book. They follow a similar plot line, a lot of similar plot devices. But this movie was legitimately terrifying, and I, and I mean that. And, you know, just like Get Out, there was a lot of fun. there were funny moments. Winston Duke, who's uh, Jala and um, or in Joku, I think it was it was, and uh, Black Panther, who's the dad here. Yes. I get next to Lupita Nyong'o, who's spectacular as he always is. But Winston Duke was just like like the goofy dad, the glasses, and he was hilarious. But what's crazy about this movie is that not only was it scary, it got scary early. And it continued to be scary. It, there really was no let up. And not only that, it just like Get Out, but less, you know, over the top kind of funny like Get Out was at times, even though Get Out definitely had scary moments. This movie, you know, I watched it with uh, our good friend Tyree Smith. The yeah. movie, and he made the point, you know, the movie wasn't settling. And it absolutely wasn't settling. And I walked out of it and I was like, what the hell did I just watch? So just want everybody, if and when you go see us, as you should, because it's a really good movie. It, it's got some great moments in it. Uh, I got our boy Tim Heidecker's in it, Elizabeth Moss. Uh, really, really good, well-done film. And Jordan Peele is a genius. But just prepare to leave that movie theater thinking, like, what is life? What is going on here? Because it was just wild, man. But absolutely go see it. Just be, you've been for one. So, on that note, make a hard turn. Thumbs up. You know, I've given a lot of thumbs up 
to this lady I'm about to salute. Not only because she's a good friend of mine and she and I have a fun little repertoire or rapport, I should say, actually, of, you know, kind of going, going a little back and forth, but my good friend and colleague, well, she was my colleague. She's no longer my colleague, Nunu Jeparidze, because she she got the promotion, now be in charge of the producers unit at, my, uh, at the lovely Fox News Channel. And she is just such a rock star. But now it's crazy to think about that now she is my boss. She's the one that signs my paychecks. And she is mm. the fate, my fate of my career and ultimately my livelihood is in her hands. Is in her hands. Really oh, my God. Is in her hands, which is wild to think about because she's somebody that I joke about sabotaging her packages for uh, special report. She jokes about it with me. And now I really can't do that because now she's my boss. So it's weird when, like, your good friends become your boss. Today was the first day we really mm. had that because she started on Monday, and I'm off Monday, Tuesday, so I'm here on Wednesday, and that's my Monday. And today's the first day with that new regime, and it was like, you know, and I still would tease her. I'd, you know, be humming, like, hail to the chief when she walked by. Uh, yeah, fierce leader, called her the chairman. I mean, so I'm trying to, you know, uh, keep the fun stuff going because, you know, everybody knows I am a genuine pain in the ass. Everybody knows that. And what's great the is that she is. knows that. And we always had, absolutely, and we always had a good, really good back and forth. And that's why I consider her not only a great friend. I mean, she's, we all know, far superior producer than I am. Ask anybody, anybody that tells you otherwise should be shot on sight. So she's a dear friend, uh, a mentor of sorts, and now my boss. So we give her the thumbs up. We give her the thumbs up for that. And that's, uh, that concludes my thumbs up, thumbs down. Now, now you're in a very tricky situation because you wonder, and there's, there's some, there are genuine people in this world that will stay humble and stay rude to the ground. But then you get those people that get a whiff of the promotion. And they immediately let the power go to their head. Case in point with um, this one coworker I have at the office. Now, his promotion wasn't even great. He went from manager to senior manager, which is, you know, single A to double A. But according to all my other coworkers, they're like, yeah, he has no personality. He's a slave to our VP. He's a dick. So that's the, that's, that, is the, that is my heat of warning. Of, of anyone, and that, you flow, and anyone else who's listening, with the, uh, with, with the with the with the good friends, then become the boss. Because sometimes the power goes straight to their head, and it's up to us to keep it grounded. Absolutely. Okay. Um, thumbs up to Muse the next. The official yeah. relief, the official sinus relief provider of Fanatic Radio, and the host of the Millennial Show, Mike Gardner. It is. Keeping me alive and kicking. I, I've, I've made slow progressions. Again, I don't know what's doing on the inside, but hey, you know, I'm only I'm only a quarter century in. So at least I'm not 50 and, and this is always going to hell in a handbasket. Thumbs up to me to next. Um, thumbs up to my brother, the great John Gardner. I had no idea, so I was talking about the phone yesterday. And he was like, yeah, I'll call, I'll call you later. Because normally our conversations because of the time zone difference or his schedule and my schedule kind of overlap and get, you know, 
accordioned out. So he was like, hey, we had a good 30-minute chat. Caught up. It's been a while since I talked to him. And he was like, hey, I got I to gotta go to a meeting. I'll talk to you later. And I was like, all right, fine. I wake up the next day. I totally forgot that his the team he coaches, soccer team he coaches, is in the playoffs. And they won. So now they're on to the third round, which I think is like, I don't even know, Texas, just so many damn rounds, so many teams, so many schools. But, yeah, I totally forgot he was still coaching. So thumbs down to me, but thumbs up to him for not losing, for, for, for winning, which is, always, which is always a plus. Coaching in the great city, coaching in the great city of Houston, with all of diversity known to man. Thumbs up to him. Uh, thumbs down to the Cubs. Every year, this is usually when I hop on the baseball bandwagon for one team, one team only. And I've watched, I've watched two games of of the Cubbies. My sort of inherited, my sort of inherited team vicariously through my father. But I, it was Monday night, so I was like, all right, Cubs rally on ESPN. Thanks to WGN and uh, NBC, NBC Sports Net Chicago for monopolizing the Cubs' airtime. They're playing the Braves. So I'm thinking, okay, Atlanta, they're a decent team. I'm not saying they're great. They're making, they ain't making a playoff push anytime soon, even though I think they, I think they almost made the playoffs last year. Anyway, I'm watching uh, Kyle Hendricks is on the mound. This is Monday night. Hendricks is on the mound. They just re-signed him for your deal. Great pitcher. Young talent. Still in his 20s. Two pitches in. Gives him a goddamn home run. I go to bed. It's 5-0. I wake up the next day. They lost 8 to goddamn 0. Six errors. I was like, so thumbs down to the Cubs. They're losing right now top of the fifth. Even with even with my boy Lester on the mound, they have re- the sad thing with Chicago is they've reached, they have reached point. They have reached break point. They have reached point break where they worked. Epstein and crew worked so hard to get a squad together to win the World Series. And then they accomplished a feat that probably will never happen in anyone's lifetime. Now, because they've done it, all motivation and desire to win has just gone out the window. And the sad thing is, every other team in their division has made, like, these grandiose blockbuster moves to beat the Cubs. You know, the Brewers picked up uh, Christian Yelich, who ended up being the freaking NL MVP. The Reds got Yasiel Puig. The Cardinals got some other good guy who I don't even know. It's just a mess. So now every single team is just going to beat up on the Cubs. There's no way they're going to win. Everyone's, everyone's striking out. Everyone's a hack. They're going to make Madden scapegoat. They're probably going to fire him midseason or at the end of the year. And um, Which is funny because I think they made the playoffs. They played a stupid play-in game, which, by the way, they should have never had to be in because goddamn Mother Nature forced snow out the MLB can't schedule properly. So they send the Cubs to Chicago when it's in five feet of snow. So then they got to play back-to-back games in 80 straight days. Everyone's tired. Chris Bryant's hurt. Uh, Addison Russell is fighting the Me Too movement. So everyone is – you Darvish was hurt. Everyone's backs are against the wall, and they lost to the Rockies. They lost to the Rockies, and then they lost to the Brewers. So this is a mulligan year. This is a mulligan year for them. They they go as they go as far as well, everyone else on their team goes. So they're just a bunch of as I always say, there's a bunch of a bunch of bums that just they already got a ring. They already they already reached the Garden of Eden. They have nothing else worthy to live for. Which makes you really mad because if anything it should motivate you to win more. 
Um, where was I? Yeah, some down in my voice. Um, I wouldn't. I, I still, I still cannot trace who got me sick. There's a pool of like four or five people. The 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 so the thumbs down to the the weather in New York as well, because the sickness has just affected my entire office. It was like one person one week, and then all of a sudden, um, this one kid like threw up at work, went home early. I'm I sound like this, you know. Half the office is like taking sick days, so it's 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 fantastic. Um. So yeah. Uh, despite despite Flo's hatred towards whoever got and, and, and vendetta, whoever got me sick, there's no there's no single individual. There could be, and I will hunt them down like Van Helsing. Don't you worry. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, and then thumbs down uh, thumbs down to the coach of Buffalo. Oates, Kevin Oates or Chris Oates or whatever. Nate Oates. Oates. Yeah. Data. So he Buffalo's ranked first time in the year. Best start since the thirties. They almost they cracked the top fifteen. They run the table, they win the Mac. They win the Mac championship. He signs an extension. They get bounced out of I believe the second round. Also, ironically enough, they lost to Texas Tech. And what does this Mofo do? He jumps ship and goes to Alabama because they fired Avery Johnson. So thumbs down to loyalty because it is dead <laughs> in coaching as well. Thumbs down to SEC basketball too. Buzz Williams left Virginia Tech to go to Texas AM. Now I know Buzz Williams is from that part of the country. He was an assistant for Billy Kennedy for a few years, yada, yada, yada. But I don't understand why someone would leave an ACC school the the cradle of basketball to go to a born again Christian infestation known as College Station, Texas. It, it's like Jimbo Fisher. He left Florida State to go to Texas A and M. Why is everyone going? Nothing good is in that school except obsessive fans who yell with their hands on their knees and burn bonfires <laughs> in the parking lot, like. Thumbs down to the SEC. It's not the greatest conference in the world. It, it ain't no Pac-12. It ain't the conference of champions, quote Bill Walton. But I don't get it. It, it blows my mind. All right. And on that note, any any, yeah. any other final shots? Any other final shout out? Before I get ready to go to bed. Uh, gee, well, I think I think we got to give more shouts to whatever. Uh... Medical uh, 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 practices you employ to get you off, uh, you know, on the men, you get you at full speed because you know got a big weekend. You know, Thursday got heavy work activity. Friday we got heavy drinking activity. Back at work on Saturday, you know, you yeah. gotta be up and at them. I know, right? Yeah, I'll keep, I'll keep everyone, I'll keep everyone updated on Twitter. Follow us, Listen Act Radio, um, <laughs> on Twitter. I'll, I'll keep everyone posted on my on my medical advances. And if you have any remedies, please email us or tweet at us, find us. Because um, I, you know, I don't. Because again, Mike is holding off on the urgent care uh, for better. God, God willing, for better work. Also, thumbs down to Shazam. I don't know who the hell this guy is. <laughs> it's 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 not a superhero. I don't know who he is. The DC yeah. universe is, is trash anyway. 
He looks like he looks like Jimmy Fallon. That's who I thought it was. The actor who plays him. <laughs> apparently, apparently he's not. So, uh, so there you go. Oh, and, and thumbs up to Gino. Gino Ariano. He's back at it again. So that'll do it for this, uh, this episode of Snack Radio. Tune in next week. Stay updated on the social pipes as well. Uh, podcast on iTunes, Viva360, blogtalkradio.com. Notorious Ben Florence. I am a half-muted Michael Gardner. Thanks so long. We'll see you next time.